Welcome to Self-Represented in Family Court. Your host, Tracy B. That's me. So, here we discuss strategies. Yes, strategies and how to use them to get the results you want in family court. If you're self-represented, pro se, pro per, or if you have an attorney and you just need to know what it takes to get through this complex family court system we have, this is the place to be. We discuss strategy. We discuss tactics. We discuss tips and tricks. We discuss techniques. We discuss secrets. We discuss it all. Whatever it takes to get you the strategy that you need, that's it. That's here. That's what we do. So sit back, take notes, and kick ass. Well, hello there. You're listening to Self-Represented in Family Court, and I'm your host, Tracy B., the Family Court Strategist. Well, today, as I promised, I wanted to talk to you about your rights as a co-parent. Last week, I discussed your rights as a parent. That's usually only effective when you're a parent exercising your rights, when you're dealing with school, medical records, therapy records, um, things of that nature. It's usually when you're dealing with an entity or an agency or bureaucratic (laughs) entity. that's usually when your rights as a parent kick in. But when we're talking about your rights as a parent, when you're up against another parent who you're no longer with, and you're both asserting your rights as a parent, they often clash, that's when your rights as a co-parent come into play. And when is that? Well, you become a co-parent when if you guys were married and you had kids and you are divorced or in the midst of a divorce and there's a temporary order or not, (laughs) that's when your rights as a co-parent kick in. Or if you've never been married and whether you live together or not and you have a child with this other person and this other person decides that they want to be a parent, they want to play an active role in your kids' lives. That's when your right as a co-parent and their right as a co-parent actually kick into gear. Now, a lot of people will think that rights as a co-parent is not a thing because you're a parent first, which is true in a theoretical sense. But everything I do, everything I discuss is not just in theory, it's in practice. That's why I focus on strategy because strategy is the practical, the tactical, the logical. It's not necessarily the theoretical. Of course, the theory comes into play, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about day-to-day stuff when you're dealing with the other parent, your kids making decisions, um, making the next move, whatever that might be. Yes, you both are co-parent, you both have rights. Who's come before whose? Well, that's going to depend. So I want to put a couple of scenarios out there. There are scenarios where there is 
legal custody, there might be joint custody, there might be physical custody. Um, legal custody is the decision making. It's a lot of the decision making when it comes to medical, educational, extracurricular, and sometimes religious. It depends on, I say sometimes religious because it depends on where you are and what the circumstances are. That's legal custody. Joint custody can be uh, legal and physical or just legal. That's joint. Where joint is exactly what it means. You both get to decide. You split the decision making. You just you you don't not necessarily um, not necessarily equally, but you split them. So, and I'll explain that a little bit. And then there's physical custody, where physical custody can be 50-50 or it can be shared. Physical custody is where the child lives. And the reason I'm explaining these terms is so that you'll understand where the rights, your rights as a co-parent comes into play. So let's go back to the, I discussed what legal custody is, right? It's the, the major decisions, right? How that comes into play when there is joint custody is going to really have the most impact in that, yeah, in that dynamic. Because if there's joint legal custody, that means exactly what it says. You both have the authority to make decisions for your kids. How that is actually literally broken down though, is gonna depend on a lot. It's gonna depend on number one, your state, because some states define legal custody as you know including religion. Some states uh, define legal custody as including um, more of the extracurricular. Um, so it depends on your state. When there is joint custody and you have joint legal and you literally have joint legal, it's your rights as a co-parent, both your rights as a co-parent may clash. May in fact clash because you both have the right to make major decisions for your kids when it comes to things like where they're going to go to school, whether or not they're going to go to school at all or stay home, whether they're going to have a major procedure, medical procedure, whether or not they should be medicated, vaccinated, whether they should um, uh, partake in a sport that might be a little bit uh, dangerous like football sorry football fans <laughs> things like that and if one parent wants one thing and the other parent totally disagrees then which co-parents right you know supersedes the other well again that's gonna depend on exactly what the dynamics is of first of all it's going to depend on how you guys came to be to have joint legal in the first place how is that? What are the terms? Is there a parenting plan that says that? Is there a mediated agreement? Is there a court order? Is there some sort of, you know, verbal agreement that you guys came up with or your attorneys came up with? What is that? What is that? How, how did that come to be? And the reason I'm saying that is because if it's something in writing, then the writing should specifically detail exactly what happens when you guys are supposed to make joint decisions and the parties don't agree. 
an agreement, a stipulation, a settlement agreement, agreement, a mediated agreement, a court order that does not specify exactly what should happen when you guys disagree, even though you have joint legal custody, is pretty much useless because there are times that's going to happen. You both have the right as a co-parent to make decisions about school and medical and, and therapy and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So if you don't agree, what is supposed to happen? Whose rights are supposed to supersede the others? Well, if there's no mention of that in your court order or your parenting plan or your agreement or whatever it is that, that create, created this joint legal uh, decision-making, joint legal custody to begin with, then, you know, you're back at square one. And a lot of times what, what happens is the parent that has actual physical custody or has the child living with them will make that decision, never mind or regardless of what the other parent, you know, wants or says. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's what happens a lot of time. Especially when the time is of the essence. Like if there's a medical procedure that needs to be done within the next week and the other parent is disagreeing and there's no time to get a, a judge involved and the parent who has the child has to make this decision within this week, then the parent with the child will go ahead and make that decision. And, you know, from a practical standpoint, it's, it's definitely, you know, one surefire way to get the, the, the issue resolved. And what the consequences are as a result of that is actually you know up in the air it can there can be a myriad of things but if you're a co-parent and you have the child in your custody and physically and you need to make a decision even though there was joint legal decision making then depending on what it is depending on the efforts you made depending on your judge your court the status of your case the history of your case the background whether you're represented, whether the other party is represented, whether there's a guardian ad litem involved, whether there's a PC that was assigned. There's so many maybe, there's so many variables that would help you decide which route or what your next move should be. And you should do that in context. You should make that decision based on everything I just mentioned. Because I think what a lot of co-parents do is they'll make a decision just because they feel like they do their rights do trump the other co-parents rights and as in a in a you wanted you wanted to hear about theory here we are in theory it doesn't work like that but in practice because i'm a very practical tactical person that's why i'm a strategist it you have to do what you have to do the thing is you need to think about the consequences or the possible consequence or the outcome or the result of what you are you doing or making the decision that you, you 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 felt you needed to make you just need to be conscious of that that's it but when it comes to um day-to-day -day decisions day-to-day -day decisions when the child is with you is entirely up to you day-to-day -day decisions when the child is with their other co-parent is entirely up to the, co the other co-parent. That's where your rights are separate. Your rights as a co-parent when the child is in your custody, whether it be every other week, I mean, every uh, whether you guys do every other week, every other weekend, 2255, 
2552-2233, whatever your, whatever your plan is, whatever your schedule is, when the child is with that other parent, either parent, the day-to-day -day is up to that parent. You don't get to decide what the other parent does when the child is with them on the day-to-day -day decision making. Let me say that again because so many parents and I'm very, very candid and take it as you would like, but a lot of moms who think they have the right to tell dad or the other moms as they happen to be in same-sex relationships because the child is with, with them primarily, they may have primary residential, primary physical, um, they may have joint physical, but they get most of the days than the other parent does. A lot of times, moms think they get to dictate what happens at the other parent's home on day-to-day -day things. That's not how it works at all. At all. At all. Now, if the other parent, the other co-parent, allows you or acquiesces or gives in or whatever it is because of their own reason, then that's okay. But if there's a conflict, if there's a disagreement about day-to-day -day things that's happening when the child is in the other parent, that co your co-parent's custody at their home, they're on their time, you don't get to decide what happens. There are exceptions, of course. There are exceptions. Those exceptions are, one, when issues have come up before and you've addressed them in court and the court issued admonitions to both parents to not do some of these day-to-day -day things when the child is in their possession or in their custody or at their home. Two, if there is a written agreement and it specifically says, it specifically states that each parent or the other co-parent is not to do A, B, or C when the child is in their home or in their custody, or C, when you know, when you know it's illegal or it's dangerous and it violates CPS guidelines or rules. Those are the three exceptions. Otherwise, the co-parent gets to make the day-to-day -day decisions when the child is with them. Yet yeah, there will be times when a co-parent will make day-to-day -day decisions that will contradict every value and belief you might have. But unless it meets one of those exceptions I just mentioned, too bad. So many parents hate to hear that. They don't like to hear that reality, but that's the reality. You don't get to dictate the day. What is day-to-day -day stuff? Day-to-day -day things are getting a haircut, or bedtime, or diet, or video game, or cell phone use, or tablet use, or events, or certain people around, or exposing them to immoral acts, or things that's, believe it or not, those are day-to-day. Those are day to day. If you go to a judge and says and say, judge, 
I don't like the fact that the co-parent allows my child to eat meat and I'm vegetarian. Or I don't like the fact that the co-parent takes my child to get a haircut and they cut it too low. Or I don't like the fact that the co-parent allows my child to be around kids that, you know, are just not the most upstanding citizens. Or I don't like the fact that the co-parent chooses to drink um, beer in front of my child. Or I don't like the fact that the co-parent allows my child to, to watch R-rated movies where we don't watch R-rated movies at my home. Or, and it goes on and on and on. Guess what? Those are day-to-day -day things. You don't get to dictate. The other parent, co-parent has rights too. And that is when they're in their home, they get to do that. They get to make those decisions for your child. And the same goes for you. When the child is with you in your home, you get to make your own rules. Now that may create a whole lot of confusion and conflict for the child. So you might want to try to at least get somewhere on the same page, but in those high conflict situations, it's really rare. In situations like that, you might want to employ the help or the assistance of a parent coordinator or a mediator. You don't have to have a case in court, a, a pending case in court to go seek the assistance of a co-parenting coach, a parenting coach, a parenting coordinator, therapist that does that uh, does uh, co-parenting, counseling, uh, a mediator at any time. At any time. The problem is the, the both parents have to agree. Both parents have to agree and both parents have to be um, willing to pay for it unless one parent says they'll, you know, they'll eat the costs entirely on their own. That's usually the problem. And sometimes those, those, those fees for any one of those I just mentioned can, you know, run up into the high hundreds and even thousands. So, your rights as a co-parent exist from the moment you become a co-parent, actually. Some people think, oh, Tracy, well, what happens during that time we haven't gone to court? There is no court involved. Well, if there is no court involved yet and you guys were married, co-parent. Your partner, your soon-to-be ex, your spouse is a co-parent. And the rights that they have as a co-parent exist from the moment you guys become separated, decide you're not going to be Those rights exist then. They're, they're, there's no need for a court order or, or an agreement from the court or a parenting plan. There's no need for that. As a, as a married parent, their rights as a co-parent happen the moment you guys split. I don't know if it's a, they're a co-parent when you guys are together. You're just parenting. You're just you're, you're just you're both parents. But the moment you decide to not be a family anymore, yes, their rights as a co-parent kick in, you know, immediately. Unless unless you're in a state that says differently. I haven't found a state that says differently though. But if you've never been married, if you've never been married, but you've lived together, and you both share the responsibility 
then again, here comes theory. Theoretically, the courts would like you to, to understand that that co-parent's rights kick in from the moment you guys decide to not live together and hold yourself out as a family anymore. Theoretically. Theoretically. Because from the court's perspective, if the both parents live together in the home and raise the child or the kids together, that shouldn't change just because you're not living together anymore. You're not a, fam a family in the in the um, non-traditional sense or traditional sense, however you see it. I'm not arguing over that. Theoretically, their rights as a co-parent also kick in from the moment they leave that home or you leave the home or you guys are just not together anymore. Theoretically. And I say theoretically because of what I'm about to say about the third category. Third category, and, and basically the principle behind the theoretical aspect of that is courts want kids to maintain a relationship or, and, or bond with both parents, especially because they've established a relationship and or bond with both parents. They don't want that to change. That's usually, that's one of the major principles behind that. It's in the best interest of your child to maintain a relationship and or bond with the other parent, that co-parent, from the moment you guys decide not to live together as a family anymore. And so one way of ensuring that is, you know, allowing that co-parent to have, they should have access, they should continue with decision making, those kind of things, if that's what you guys were doing before. And then there's the third scenario where you weren't married and you never lived together. If you weren't married and you never lived together and and dad has not put his name on the birth certificate and paternity has not been established, well, there's no co-parenting rights as of yet. Never married, never lived together, no name on birth certificate, no paternity established. No rights as a co-parent. No rights as a co-parent. However, however, when the moment that changes is when that co-parent or that parent, because they're not yet a co-parent, when that parent decides to go to court to establish paternity and seek visitation and or custody. The moment a paternity is established, not necessarily a co-parent, but in theory they are, but in that case, they will need a court order, an agreement, a mediated agreement, a settlement agreement, a parenting plan at that point. Because just establishing paternity is not necessarily enough to, for co-parent rights to kick in. Especially in situations where that co-parent really never really had any contact with the child and they've been MIA and now they're coming out of the blue and they decide they want to assert their rights as a co-parent because that bond and relationship I talked about in the second second scenario that didn't have a chance to um, you know manifest or be created in this third scenario so co-parent in situations where the parents weren't married never lived together no name on the birth certificate and no paternity established, no co-parenting rights. 
you have to take that step first. You have to satisfy that prerequisite first. And then let the court get involved and decide if and when and how you will become a co-parent or your rights as a co-parent kicks into activation. So a lot of times the issues that come up with co-parenting and their rights, your rights as a co-parent is when there is an agreement. There is a written agreement and it's unclear. It's unclear about who gets to make decisions or on what decisions each parent has the authority to make or if there's a conflict where there is joint decision making and it's, and it's vague, what happens then? Issues come up where some things, specific things, are not addressed. Some things that, you know, even in orders that say there's joint legal decision making and there's joint physical. There may be instances where something comes up and the parties need some sort of clarity but it's not in the agreement. That's where, yeah, your rights as a co-parent might have a problem. You might have a problem with that. You might hit some sort of snack, some sort of wall. There are instances where a court order, a parenting plan, and or a decree might overlap. They might conflict with each other Again, situations where your rights as a co-parent, the issue of co-parenting rights may come up. How about if one parent decides to move away a little far and the, the um, joint decision making becomes somewhat of an impossible task because they, the, uh, the parent doesn't live nearby and so they're not really understanding the impact that the decision making um, will have on the child that is still with one parent over the other. Issues will come up there too with respect to your rights as a co-parent. How about the new paramours? The co-parents each have spouses, stepkids, new kids, a lot of times, your rights as a co-parent will definitely hit some sort of snag, a wall, when it comes to trying to co-parent, trying to exercise your rights as a co-parent when there is extended family, new spouses, new kids, stepkids. Should the spouse or the paramour of the co-parent have any impact in decision-making? Should they be involved at all with day-to-day? -day? Yeah. Your rights as a co-parent is definitely going to hit all kinds of snags and walls <laughs> and that sort of thing when spouses and stepkids and new kids get involved. It gets blended families. Blended family situations always raises issues about your rights as a co-parent. So, last week I mentioned to you that your rights as a parent and your rights as a co-parent are different. And they are. And hopefully, just 
listening to last week's episode and today you'll see your rights as a parent usually come up when you're trying to exercise your right as a parent over your child or your kids when you're dealing with third parties. It's not usually something that comes up when you're dealing with the actual other parent. There are some things that overlap, of course. But if your rights as a parent interferes with the other parent's rights, then you're pretty much, we're talking about the co-parenting rights. Your rights as a co-parent, not necessarily as a parent anymore. Because guess what? Each parent has equal rights. If you're a parent, your rights as a parent is equal unless, unless a court order says otherwise, unless an agreement says otherwise, unless that's it. That's all I can think of actually. Because if you have rights as a parent to access medical records, to access school records, to sign your kids up for something, to get them vaccinated. If your rights as a parent, if you have the right as a parent to do that, then so does the other parent. If your rights as a parent arise because you happen to be the custodial parent, then that's, it. that's again, those rights are only going to matter when it comes to third parties third part or agencies or bureaucracy if your rights as a parent arise because you have custody physical custody that usually only matters when you're talking about a co-parenting situation or scenario so for instance if you have a quarter that says you are the only one to have access to let me think of a scenario um if as a as a custodial parent with with primary custody or with or you are you have sole custody or you have sole legal custody and so because of that you have rights to you know i don't know certain school records or certain school meetings um that doesn't mean the co-parent doesn't have rights. That doesn't mean you usurp the rights of a co-parent. Because as long as his rights, his or her rights weren't terminated, then it's still a co-parent. And so your rights as a parent in that respect is not your rights as a parent anymore. If you're you're relying on your rights as a parent based on the fact that you have sole custody, sole physical custody, or sole legal custody, then you're asserting your rights as a co-parent. Because your rights as a parent, they only exist to outsiders. Because a, a, another parent, just because they don't have sole legal or sole physical, doesn't mean they're not a co-parent. Doesn't mean they're not a co-parent. Except in those situations that I mentioned a few minutes ago earlier in the broadcast. So know that there is a difference. Your rights as a parent are usually rights that you exercise beyond the other co-parent. When you're talking about your rights in a situation or scenario that has to do with the other parent, then you're talking about your rights as a co-parent. 
They're very different, but the same. Very, very different, but they overlap, I should say, sometimes. Okay? So anyway, that's what I have for this week. If you are a co-parent and you are unclear about your rights, what you should be informed of, what you should be allowed to uh, participate in with respect to decision-making, attending events, having access to information, then I suggest you either look at your co-parenting agreement, I mean your parenting plan or your parenting agreement, your custody order, or your settlement agreement or your divorce decree to decide what your rights are or what the uh, specifics are that will dictate what you can and cannot do as a co-parent or what the other co-parent has to do when it comes to you as a co-parent. If that doesn't answer any of your questions, then you may want to employ the assistance of a parent coordinator or a mediator who knows your specific location or the location of the child anyway to help you understand what, because there are some things that are just, even though they're not in a court order or a parenting plan or a decree or anything, there's some things that are general principles that are followed in your, in your area, in your, in your jurisdiction. And so the, a parent coordinator who is experienced in your area, a mediator, even an attorney, you may just want to uh, get a consultation from an attorney just to get some insight. They will share with you what's normally or typically done, you know, in your area. If there's some ambiguity or some vagueness or lack of clarity on that, on a specific topic. But if you, those are not an option, then unfortunately you have to go back to court or go to court. If you're a co-parent and you're not completely sure about what the other co-parent should be sharing with you, doing with you or for you or whatever, then if you're not going to exercise one of those options that I just mentioned, you might want to consider just going straight to a judge and let the judge, you know, be specific about what it is you can and cannot do or have access to um, as a co-parent. All right. Um, and if you need my assistance, feel free to reach out to me. I am a parent coordinator. I am a mediator. And I do have experience in helping people figure out what it is they cannot do or can do or helping them find answers as to whether or not they should make a certain move when they're in situations where they hit a wall or a snag. I can't give you legal advice, but I can definitely help you in a practical sense, a logical sense, a tactical sense. I can help, definitely help you do that. Okay? So until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Take care. We want to thank you for joining us here at Self-Representing Family Court, where we discuss all things strategy in family court. Join us next time. Until then, visit us at www.thedivorcesolutionist.com.